Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, Renee. Hey, Tam. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I had to give you the around the way hey today. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem at all. How was your weekend? The weekend was fantastic. I actually had a couple of shows over the weekend in town that I had to do, and that was nice. Uh, it's always good to get up on stage, especially on a weekend. Uh, People come out and they uh they want to laugh and they've had a long week and, and a hard week and uh, they want to come out, have a couple of drinks and, ha- and have a few laughs. I was glad to be up back on stage again back in town and not on the road. For our old listeners, as in our regulars, you already know what he does every weekend. He goes to Vegas if he doesn't have a show in some other state. But for once in his life, Renee stayed in his own city and he yep. had a good time. But I guess you were here because you were working. Right. Understandable. And you already know the drill. I was at home watching NASCAR. So on that note, let's jump into Talladega, baby. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you, Tim. We had our predictions last week and we we had our own picks and stuff. But I did not see Joey Logano coming out of nowhere, to be honest with you, tell you the truth. (laughs) I mean, for all intentional purposes, I didn't even think he he would even fall into the top 10. How about this? He wasn't even a thought. So don't even say you didn't think he was going to fall into the top 10. Like, in all honesty, he wasn't even a thought. Like, when have we said Joey Logano's name as in our pick to win or as our alternative pick? Never. Exactly. Exactly. Well, not never, but not in a while. Not this season. Well, he hasn't won a race in a long time. So, I mean... Can you say encumbered? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, so why would we pick him at any point? And don't get me wrong. I just want to say this. Congratulations to Joey Logano, the number 22 in his team. He actually had a really good race. He he led most of the lap in this race. So he raced really good today. He had a good car. Let's just jump into the top 10. And I will talk about Joey Logano leading the lap. So just a quick refresher. The top 10, Joy Logano won, Kurt Busch. I'm going to talk about Kurt Busch. I'm a little disappointed that he didn't make a push in those last couple of laps, but that's a story for another moment later in the show. So Kurt Busch was in second, Chase Elliott, who was also a little angry that people didn't make a push. He was in third, Kevin Harvick fourth, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. fifth, David Reagan sixth. Great for that guy. Yeah, David Reagan. Fan, that's fantastic. Eric Amarola, seventh. Alex Bowman, our guy, came in eighth. Ryan Newman was ninth. Daniel Suarez, top 10 for the young guy. Yep. Some notables, and this is, I cannot wait to talk about this. Your boy, Chris Busher, came in 11th. And, you know, he did win a race. Was that last year or year before? I think it was last year. I don't know if that was last year or year before. Yeah, I think no, it was last year. that was year before when he won oh, was that was it the race. year before? Oh. I think so because yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. It might have been the year before. It's ironic because I always remember who made the playoffs based on who was in Las Vegas for champions. Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, then it was the year before. It was the year before, I believe, because this year it was Casey Kane who won the race. That is correct. That is correct. 
And not that you can compare them, but it's just, in my mind, I compared them based on those who never really win a race. Notables, getting back to that, Chris Buescher was in 11th. Jimmy Johnson was in 12th. And that's a notable because he triggered that accident that yeah. took out all those cars. <laughs> and he still, he still finished in the top 20. Oh, my God. I was a little disappointed that Kyle Busch only finished 13th. But he also was somewhat caught up in that little wreck. Well, I guess I can't say little because it took out a lot of cars. But It was the big one. Well, it wasn't like the big one like that. But yeah, I guess you can consider it the big one for the snooze fest. That was Talladega, but more on that in a bit. Oh, Denny Hamlin was 14th. Ironically, there were 40 cars that entered the race at Talladega. And there were only 22 drivers on the lead lap when the race concluded at Talladega. 16 drivers led laps at Talladega. We always talk about Talladega being unpredictable, and this is one of those unpredictable stats. During some point, 16 drivers led at least one lap out of the 188 laps at Talladega for the Geico 500. I had to give you all that, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Joy... Like you said, Joy actually led 70 laps. So he led the most. Our boy, Alex Bowman. Alex, I was like, wait a minute. Is that Alex Bowman? Alex Bowman led 26 laps. Some surprises. Okay, you ready for this? Guess who led a lap? Let me guess, Bubba Wallace. Bubba actually led five, but I wasn't even going to go there and say Bubba. But Bubba led five laps. Oh, wow. I I want you to guess. I'm trying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, Brendan Gaughan led one lap, Chris Buescher led one lap, Casey Kane led one lap. As we already mentioned, Bubba Wallace led five laps, Matt DiBenedetto, I'll always say his name wrong, but I think I got it right on the first try. I'm not going to try to attempt it a second time. <laughs> he led six laps. I was like, wow. okay, Matt. And I had to tweet him. And if you guys don't know, that guy has a great personality. He is on the verge of breaking out. Hopefully, he left six laps at Talladega. That's huge. So I tweeted him and his Twitter account is Matt D Racing. And I was like, look at Matt. So Matt led six laps and AJ Allmendinger, my guy, he led two laps. Paul Menard led eight laps. And I'm going to talk about my situation with Paul Menard in a minute. Uh-oh. And William Byron left 14 laps. Oh, wow. So those were kind of some surprises. I wasn't really surprised that Joey led 70 laps. But to see Alex Bowman, I mean, it was great to see the number 88 out in the front at Talladega. You know, yeah. it made you think of Dell Jr. for just a little bitty <laughs> moment. You were like, is that? No, that's not Dell Jr. But we're going to talk about Dale in a bit, too. But going back to Paul Menard, you guys heard me refer to Talladega as a snooze fest. Mm -hmm. There were so many commercials. And again, I'm going to talk about that later. You you guys, if you listen to the podcast, you know, sometimes I get a little carried away. That's just the passion. So I'm about to jump over a couple of stories and then I'm going to jump back to a couple of stories a little later. But I want to talk about Paul Menard because I, I don't know, during the commercial break, the commercial was so long, I closed my eyes. And next thing I know, I was like, wait a minute, 
Paul Menard, what happened? Are we accident? Is it the cars on pit road? I was trying to figure out why he was leading a lap. I felt bad, but I was like, wait, what am I, am I dreaming? What is going on? <laughs> I had to take my remote and go all the way back because I was trying to figure out what the hell was going on. More importantly, I had to ask myself, how did I end up taking a quick nap during Talladega? Who does that? Who claims to be a NASCAR fan and takes a nap during Talladega? Now, I was a little tired only because I was at the gym at 6 o'clock. I'm a morning person, if you don't know. So, yeah, I'm at the gym at 6 a.m. But I blame it on the commercial. Because the commercial was so long, I became delusional. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) Way too many commercials for Tam. Yes, indeed. Well, one thing that did wake my butt up was, did you see the saw? I was like, what the hell is that on pit roll? I was trying to figure out what was going on. Was it a saw? Was it a power (laughs) tool? Now, I am a little versed in a lot of things, but I never claim to be a builder. Now, I may be able to put together a piece of Ikea furniture, but that was about it. Well, right, because even the guys any... in the booth were like, what, what in the world is that? And then they show it, and I'm going, holy smokes. Like, I've seen that tool used before, but never on pit road in a, during a NASCAR race. And it was just so strange. I mean, I understand why they were doing it and why they were using it, but it's just so weird when you you see a tool like that because it's not something you see regularly on pit road. It was so huge and so orange and it just stood out. And you're like, what? what's going on down there? I have been to my fair share of NASCAR races to the point where I can't even tell you how many NASCAR races that I've been to because I've been to that many. I spent a considerable amount of time on pit road. That is like where I like to be. I go in and out the media center. I go to the fan zone. I I really cover the track, but I spend a lot of time on pit road. Actually, I enjoy watching the race from the different um, teams. They have their TV set up. So I like to kind of stand in the area of the pits. You know, there's a, like a unwritten rule, you don't go in the pit. Well, you you shouldn't go into a team's pit. But there's like a little bitty area. You kind of can watch the TV if the pit guys aren't watching. So that's kind of one of the things that I like to do. And I also will watch it from the Jumbotron. I don't know. Do we still call it the Jumbotron? You know, I know I do. I I still call it the Jumbotron, but um, I I don't know what they refer to it now. Just the big screen, or I well, know. you know, when Jerry's World was built, I think it it they changed the name because <laughs> that TV <laughs> is huge. Yeah, at the Cowboy Stadium. But nonetheless, that's what I like to do, and I I can tell you, I don't ever recall seeing that power tool. No place on that's Pit a heavy duty tool. I was like, where did it come from? Did they roll it out? Where was it in a box? Like, next thing you know, it was like, like, you know, like they in a shop. Don't it look heavy? It looks heavy too. It looked very heavy. Oh my God, Renee. How's that guy holding it by himself? It looked like he needs some help. (laughs) Well, that was one of the highlights of the race to me, to be honest. Because everything else was like, okay. I was excited when I saw Bubba leading laps. And of course, I was excited when Matt was in front and when Alice Bowman. I was actually excited for all of 
those guys that I named off earlier who led laps because you just don't see it and it gives you some a little bit of excitement. And I haven't really gone very hard this year, but we already know that I am a veteran driver's gal. As in Talladega Nights when she says she's a she's a racing wife. I am a veteran type of gal, meaning that I love my veteran drivers. You cannot tell me anything. At least you couldn't tell me anything about Tony Stewart. You couldn't tell me anything about Carl Edwards. I'm still missing that guy. I'm still missing Greg Biffle. Of course. Well, I guess I'm not missing Matt Kenseth anymore because Matt is coming back, baby. That's right. Matt Kenseth is coming back into the NASCAR world. And I'm excited for him. And I I miss that guy and, and I miss seeing him on the track. And it's just one of those things where to have him back in a race car and back on the track, I think that just kind of like just really kind of helps out the, the NASCAR world in general, because it's good to see that guy out there again. And I'm sure his I'm sure his fans are just ecstatic. We know that our listeners, because you're a true NASCAR fans, you're like, yeah, that's last week's news. Yeah, it is. But we didn't get a chance to talk about it because the podcast was already recorded and uploaded for your viewing pleasure before that news broke. And I'm a little kind of like, uh, it's some news I felt like I could have got the jump on if I was a little bit nicer to a few people who kind of keep me in the loop with NASCAR news, but I just kind of been out of sight, out of mind, out of pocket. So I didn't get the jump on that. But actually Jordan over at, well, he used to be at SB Nation He's no longer over there because unfortunately, there are a bunch of NASCAR writers who find themselves or NASCAR journalists who find themselves without a home because the industry is changing. Fox Sports got rid of their writers. They went straight to video. Now SB Nation got rid of some of their writers. And when I went to go look at the NASCAR news today, it was all tweet, embedded tweets, which was interesting. But nonetheless, He is back. I am happy. I'm sad, though, for Trevor Bang because his job is in jeopardy. You have two drivers in one car. That scenario is going to wear thin very quickly. Yeah. I guess I will see Matt up close and personal because I will be at the All-Star race, and that is Matt's first race in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that works out. It's interesting. I mean, you guys already know the story, so we won't rehash it, but. Matt left Rouse Fenway. It wasn't the best exit. Now he's back. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah, hopefully it'll play out r- really well. It's just good just to see Matt Kenseth back out on the track again. Yeah. Oh, well, we're talking about Matt, and I mentioned Greg Biffle and my man Tony Stewart and Carl Edwards. And of course, we got to throw some Dale Jr. in the mix. Yeah. That's your guy. Don't you miss doing your Dell Jr. updates each week? I know. <laughs> We're going to have some Dell Jr. updates, though, once he gets back on TV. Unfortunately, he won't be behind the wheel, but he'll be in front of the camera. But until that time, there's some news about Dale and his book that became a yeah. bestseller, and it hasn't even hit the market. I know, that, and it's so crazy because it's his very first book. And it's months away, Tam, and it's already number seven on Amazon's best-selling new and future releases. It's like, who does that? And and you know who does that? Dale Earnhardt Jr. does that because that goes to show you 
like he is still NASCAR's most popular driver. He's not even driving anymore, but that just tells you how popular he still is. Whether you like him or not, it doesn't matter. And I can't imagine anybody who doesn't like him, but it's just so crazy that when you you uh you put out a book and it hasn't even hit shelves yet and it's and it's already top 10. It's crazy, but the whole book Tam and for our listeners so that you'll know and in case that you you don't know anything about the book yet. The name of the book is called Racing to the Finish: My Story. That's the name of the title of the book. It's basically Tam a book that is telling his story about the concussions that he had. And it's not just about the concussions itself. It's the things that he he kept from even the most closest relationships to him that he kept some of this information from. And uh, what they are, uh, obviously, we have to wait until the book comes out. He felt it was time for that story to be told for more reasons than, than anything, just so that people could get an idea what he had to go through with these concussions and, and what not just him, but any athlete or any driver has to go through when they deal with these uh, concussions on a regular basis. Because, you know, he had all these concussions, which ultimately led to his retirement. And um, I'll be honest with you, I'd be lying if I didn't say I, I want to get this book and uh, and put my name on the list to get one of these books, because I, I definitely want to read it because uh, I am really, really interested to see exactly how bad and, and what exactly he had to deal with. So his wife, Amy, and his manager were just tweeting stuff out about how excited they are about this book. And Amy, his wife, is completely in his corner about this story that he's uh, putting out. And uh, she's behind him 100%. I can't wait for the book, Tam. I, I, I really, really want to get my, get my hands on, uh, on one of those copies. You said something very important. Well, not very important, but in my eyes, it's important. You said you don't understand. Like, nobody can not like Dell Jr. I always say if you hate Dale Jr. or if you hate Beyonce, you're just a hater because Beyonce is flawless. I know you guys are like, how did we go from Dale Jr. to Beyonce? <laughs> I was thinking that. Out. I was like, okay. <laughs> Beyonce is flawless. She's beautiful. She's an entertainer. She doesn't float my boat, meaning that I don't. I'm not a Beyonce stan. You know, like I, I, she is what she is. I, the music. I like funk. I like house music. Actually, I really, really, really enjoy blues. That's just one of my things. Now, I don't like country, my friends. Sorry, but I think that my music palette is diverse. But Beyonce, there are a couple of songs that I like. Some things come on and I may move, but I'm just not a person who's going to buy a Beyonce album. But saying all that to say, I always say, if you say something bad about Beyonce, you're just a hater because she is flawless. Like her song says, flawless, uh -uh, flawless. I don't even know the words to it because I'm just not song, a person it, who lives. I'm sure it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, she has a song that's like flawless, boom, boom, whatever. Okay. Now, how that relates to Dale Jr. Dale Jr. gave you all of him at a time where a better man would have folded and quit the sport of NASCAR, everything that he was dealing with. Yeah. He stuck it out. He gave you everything. He gave, he gave a lot of himself. I will say that. As an outsider looking in, he gave us everything. Dealing with the death of his dad and all that and carrying the weight of NASCAR as a sport on his shoulder. So to me, there's nothing you can say negative about Dale. Now, people may talk about, oh, he didn't win. He didn't do this. But 
A lot of drivers didn't live up to the hype, but he did win. He didn't win a championship, but he won a bunch of races when they counted. So to me, don't ever say anything bad about Dale Jr. That's all. I don't even know where I was going with that, but that's my point. Don't say nothing bad about Dale. (laughs) And basically what we were talking about is just how Dale in, in general and who he is as a person and what he stands for and the things that he's done in his career is just uh, so amazing that he just seems to be this all-around nice guy. But And he is. He's he's just down to earth and he, he brings you into his world. He's humble. He knows that he's fortunate to be in a position that he's in. And I'm sure he probably takes those blessings to a high extent of, of saying, hey, you know what? Thank the Lord for putting me in this position. And, and it seems like he really is genuine about all of that. And that's what I love about the guy is that he just kind of comes off as, you know what, this is me, this is who I am, but I'm no different than you. doesn't matter who I am, what my name is, how much money is in my bank account. I'm going to treat you and talk to you as if I've known you all my life. And that's what I love about him. And And that's what I love about Dale Jr. in the sense of like, he comes off as a person who is not anything different than who he, who he's been this whole time that he's been racing. One thing I want to add to that, Renee. I've been around a few NASCAR drivers and a few of the wives. Nobody actually strikes me as, and you know, these guys have millions of dollars, but I don't ever get the I'm rich, you know what, out of anybody. Now, I've been around Formula One and I can say there are one or two drivers that give me I'm rich, bitch. (laughs) Okay, moving on. What's going on in NASCAR? Oh, you know what? I did want to. Say one thing, going back to the concussion, and this is going back to the whole race at Talladega during practice. I think I mentioned it earlier. Jamie McMurray had the accident during practice where he got airborne and he rolled a few times. Ironically, he said that he had closed his eyes. And then the next day he said that the back of his eyes were hurting. To me, I was like, oh, my God, does he have a concussion? Apparently he doesn't, but I just kind of felt like, okay, how do the back of your eyes hurt and you don't have a concussion? But apparently he has something else going on where he could kind of say maybe it was due to that. I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting. Just wanted to add that little thing. Going back to what's going on in NASCAR, there's not much going on other than NASCAR bought the ARCA series, which I want to just say about time. like. It's always pretty much been a starter feeder league for NASCAR. Uh huh. I don't know what took them so long to buy it. You know what's funny is I was reading that that article, Tam, and you know I was reading the comments of uh, anything that that's put online. There's always something there where you can you know leave comments and stuff. And I was just I just happened to be reading some of the comments that that were after the article. Interesting, there were quite a few comments who really didn't like the fact that NASCAR is taking over ARCA because they seem like NASCAR is just kind of like cornering this whole racing market. Like, I kind of get it, but I'm kind of with you, Tam. I'm surprised NASCAR (laughs) hadn't done this way earlier, you know, years ago, because it seems like they would have. I get it because one thing I will say, ARCA is still pure and it hasn't been touched by NASCAR, meaning that Let's face it, when NASCAR touches things, it can go to the right or to the left. <laughs> I mean, even like, I mean, real talk. Yeah. It's the only sport that I know that changes and makes up rules every single day. That's what those people were commenting about. Case in point, Talladega. They decided 
Well, you know what? After Jamie McMurray got airborne, let's go in and make some adjustment to the restrictor place for the race. And then all the cars had to be changed to adjust to the restrictor plate rule that they put in place less than yeah. 24 hours before the race. Only NASCAR yeah, but, does but crap you hit like it right that. on the head, though, uh, Tam, when you said it's still pure. And I think that's what those fans love about it, because NASCAR hasn't been able to touch it and ruin it, <laughs> if you, per se, I guess, with all the rules. And, and you know, just as much as I do, Tam, and we've talked about this many times on our on our old podcast. You know, it's so frustrating as a fan because you go, how does NASCAR do this? It's just so many rules. They they just change. It's just like, if they just feel like they want to just change something, then they, they just come up with it and just change it. And you're like, whoa, well, wait a minute. What are you doing? Like, I, <laughs> like, I never know what the rules are sometimes. One thing I will add, by no means am an ARCA specialist for our listeners, because I know we have some diehard listeners who probably sometimes are wondering what what are we talking about they just maybe listen because they like the way we deliver the NASCAR news it's definitely a different take than most people because we don't approach it as the technical diehard fan and we're diehard fans but not in that way right where we just we have a little bit of different flavor and a different spin on what we think of nascar so it's definitely a little different but one thing i do want to say is you have the k and n series yeah so nascar has k and n they have trucks xfinity and cup and then you have the euro series so arca Probably doesn't make sense, really, when you think about it. But then on the flip side, like I said, I thought they would have taken it over a little bit sooner right. than now. But unfortunately, I get it from a racer standpoint, a racing fan that still likes the pureness right. of Arca racing. On that note, let's move on. I guess it is time for our fan comment of the week and some predictions. Let's do it. Fan comment of the week. I alluded to this earlier when I talked about the little quick five or 10 minute nap that I took during the commercial. And of course, on Twitter, on the Twitter, I saw a couple of comments regarding it. First, I saw Jeff Gluck actually posted a, some people say GIF, some people say GIF. I don't know. How, what do you call it? Do you call it a GIF or a GIF? I, you know what? To be honest with you, I say the entire letters. I say the GIF. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know what the cor- I don't know how the correct pronunciation of that is. I, but I just call it the GIF. <laughs> okay. Well, Jeff Gluck tweeted a GIF. Yep. And it said NASCAR today, and it was an old-fashioned clock, and it was ringing, and it said. We'll return after these messages. And then it said ABC, but obviously we know that it was on Fox and not ABC. (laughs) It was the perfect GIF, GIF or GIF (laughs) to bring home his point. And my point is that it was too many damn commercials. Like we've been through this in the last couple of years, but I thought we had gotten better with the broadcast. Like I said, I literally took a nap that I don't want to blame it on. The TV, because obviously I must have been tired if I closed my eyes, but the commercial was so long. It was commercial after commercial after commercial. So saying all that to say, that was a tweet that he posted. And then 
Another user, Philip Jones, his user is feel good story. You like that, huh? Feel good story, but not feel F-E-E-L, but feel as in Philip, feel good story. He tweeted, NASCAR on Fox determination to show anything but the race they've overhyped all week is really impressive. There aren't this many ads in the mail every week. Hashtag NASCAR. (laughs) That summed it up, but his comment was in response to his other comment that he posted four hours earlier. Now, this is what's ironic. So he just kind of chimed in after with another comment. So his first comment, he said, having watched both today, and I'm assuming he was saying both races as in the NASCAR race and the F1 race, and here's why. So let me read it and then you'll understand. So having watched both today, I'm trying to compare Sky Sports F1 broadcast as in Formula One. So Sky Sports Formula One broadcast that's chock full of FOMs, futuristic Wait, I don't know what FOMs are. Sorry. What is that? FOMs. Okay. So let me repeat it, listeners. So he says, I'm trying to compare Sky Sports F1's broadcast that's chock full of FOMs, futuristic, smart graphics with this NASCAR on Fox broadcast that is chock full of dinosaurs, commercials, and zero substance. But that'll be like comparing apples to possum stew. Ouch. Interesting. So basically, in a nutshell, F, because I, I can't read you guys. That was just one of those comments that I kind of was a little like Ebonics on because I was trying to figure out what FOMs are. But if you didn't understand what I was saying, let me translate it for you. He's basically saying that Fox is full of dinosaurs. And I'm assuming he's talking about Daryl Waltrip because most people don't like DW on Fox. No comment. So he's saying, The broadcast was full of dinosaurs, commercials, zero substance, and it was like comparing apples, which he's calling the Sky Sports Formula One broadcast apples, and he's calling NASCAR on Fox possum stew. Okay, is possum stew a real thing? I hope not, because that doesn't sound appealing at all. (laughs) Let me repeat, I'm from California, the land of sushi and Mexican food. I don't know nothing about no possum stew. But actually, you know what? Shannon Sharp's show with Skip Bayless, Undisputed, on Fox Sports 1, one day he talked about having possum soup because his sister has some possum in the refrigerator. It is a real thing. But, you know, he's from the rural area of Georgia. I was going to say it's definitely a Southern thing. Being from Texas myself and uh, most of my my ex-wife's family is all from Louisiana. There are some things that I've eaten that I never thought I would ever eat in my lifetime, but you don't understand. Uh, something amazingly tastes so good, Tam, and that you go, I'm sorry, what was that that I just ate? And it's amazing because you go, if they'd have told me what, what I was eating before I, I was going to eat it, there's no way I would have eaten it, obviously. But there's just some amazing food. But possum stew, I just, or possum soup, I can't do it unless unless you give it to me and then you tell me afterwards what I ate, and then, then I might be fine. For the record... I'm never eating possum stew, whether you tell me from the beginning or after. Well, I would never eat it, so it don't yeah, even make exactly. a difference. Because I don't eat things that I don't know what they are. And I've been to almost all of the Asian countries. And most of you guys know I was in Southeast Asia, 
at the beginning of the year. I did Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, and someplace else. I'm forgetting. I flew into Japan. I forgot that was a long trip. And I've I've been all over. And people know I don't even like eggs. So let alone, I'm not going to eat possum. <laughs> yeah, I asked for my fried rice without eggs. And of course, they were like, what? Because that's just not the way you make fried rice. But no, I'm never going right. to eat that. End of discussion. So saying all that to say, that is our only fan comment of the week because it summed up everything. I mean, I guess that goes back to the question whether or not Talladega was a great race. And we didn't even talk about any of the accidents. I, I mean, at this point, most of you guys probably have already watched the race or you will watch it before the podcast comes out or you would have read the highlights. The accidents were what they were. I'm always worried about the safe of our drivers when we're at the super speedways. I'm not a person who looks for a huge accident. But I mean, at some points during the race, they were racing single file lines. Like I was like, what the hell is this? And we haven't even really talked about Chase that much. Chase was pissed. He was like, hey, I thought those last laps that there would be a push to kind of shake things up. But I felt like At that point, drivers understand. Looking back at the Xfinity race, those last couple of laps, it was an accident, accident, accident. Well, actually, no. Wait, hold on. Was it? I did watch the Xfinity race. I forgot. I do remember it being an accident. I don't know. Okay, it's all a blur because I took that nap. Okay, on to predictions. I don't even want to play myself (laughs) with any more rhetoric because clearly I was snoozing. (laughs) It's time for Tammy Renee's Race Predictions. Well, here we go. Let's go into some predictions. We are at Dover, Tam. I thought about this this race here coming up at Dover. And for some reason, I don't know why this guy's name just sticks out in my head. But right off the bat, I'm going to tell you that I am picking the number two car, Brad Kislowski, to win this race. And I know we haven't said his name either in a while. He was in that uh, wreck in uh, Talladega, and obviously he didn't get to finish the race. But I am picking Brad Kislowski to win that race. He is going to come away with that checkered flag. And don't don't ask me why. I don't know what it is about that guy, but I have his name just embedded in my head for some reason. I'm picking him as my winner in Dover. Now, if I have to pick another driver as a young driver, I am going to go with Chase Elliott again. Because, I mean, I did pick him to win Talladega, and he did come in third. But if Kislowski doesn't come through, I'm picking my boy Chase Elliott to come out and and finally win his first race. Those are Renee's picks. And as you know, every week he's sticking to them. So it's time for the history lesson, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fans, followers and all that good stuff. New listeners, every week I give you a quick history lesson regarding the track that we're at. Dover. Past 10 winners at Dover. Really quick, we started racing at Dover in 1969, and we raced there twice a year. And I am about to read you the past 10 winners at Dover for the first race of the season each year. 2008, Kyle Busch. 2009, Jimmy Johnson. 2010, Kyle Busch. 2011, Matt Kenseth. 2012, Jimmy Johnson. 2013, my guy, Tony Stewart. 2014, Jimmy Johnson. 2015, Jimmy Johnson. 2016, Matt Kenseth. 2017, Jimmy Johnson. Some notables. 
Jimmy Johnson is the king of Dover. He is an 11-time cup winner, period, in the discussion. My man loves him some Dover. Cal Bush is a three-time cup winner at Dover, five-time Xfinity winner at Dover, and he has won four truck races at the Monster Mile. Joy Logano has won four Xfinity races at Dover, but he has not won at Cup. I don't expect him to go back-to-back, so I'm not even going to pick him. Just wanted to let you guys know he has got it done in the Xfinity series at that track. And Ryan Newman is a three-time Cup winner at Dover, and he's won one Xfinity race at the track. The logic will tell you to go with Jimmy Johnson because he's getting the old Jimmy back. Right. But he's not quite there yet. You know, he didn't even have a top 10. But, I mean, you you can't really count Talladega. Right. But, I mean, he did come in 12th. Uh, but. Yeah, I'm not going with Jimmy. I'm going with Kyle Busch again. There you go. As they say, Talladega will kill anybody's winning streak. And it definitely killed his chance to go <laughs> four in a row. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. I do want to go with Kevin Harvick because, you know, Kevin Kevin was not playing games. We didn't even talk about his pit crew's outfits because the car was in plaid and they were they were dressed in plaid and Harvick's fire suit was in plaid. <laughs> I'm not going to pick a young driver this week as my alternative pick. I'm going to go with Kyle Busch as my pick and Kevin Harvick as my alternative. There you go. And those are Tam's predictions. If you have predictions, guys, let us know. Hit us up on our social media. And as always, you can find us across the board at Turns No Breaks on Instagram and the Twitter, as Tam likes to say. You can hit us up on our Facebook. Follow us there. Go to our website, www.allturnsnobreaks. And um, a big shout out to my partner, Tam, for actually making all of that go around and make sure that it's up and up to date with every bit of NASCAR news. As I say all the time, ladies and gentlemen, and new listeners, old listeners, if you know anybody that likes NASCAR just as much as we do, just as much as you do, please turn them on to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. You can find us on, what else, Tam? SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. There you go. And for Tam, for myself, we will see you here again next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 